Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spooky State of Mind. Spooky. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Alex. And we are your hosts for the day. Or night, whatever and you're every listening. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't change. We don't switch it up. That part. <laughs> um, welcome to episode 19. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're trying to figure our lives out. Me, I'm always slacking. Every single episode. I'm sorry. Well, if you're sorry, why don't you do something about it? You're absolutely right. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, huh? No, no. <laughs> what is it? Más vale pedir perdón que pedir permiso. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It doesn't apply, but I'm still going to pedir perdón. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. I have hot Cheetos and I'm so tempted to eat them right now. Damn it. It's okay. They'll they'll just taste better because you know you're waiting. Well, I didn't even eat dinner. <gasps> Amiga. Anyways, how are you? Um, I'm well. A little bit stressed. Work is a little stressful right now. Kicking your butt. Yeah, just deadlines and since I'm still trying to get used to it, because this is only the second time around that I do this type of task, mm-hmm. I didn't really manage my time that well. So I'm kind of like, ooh, I have Monday bef- that I got to be done. Because if I don't finish it on Monday, then my clients have to pay penalties. And I don't want that. Oh, yeah. No, row, row. Yeah. So it's just a little bit stressful. TV? Okay, I'm going to eat hot Cheetos right now that she walked away. Have a little ASMR. You know, like on TikTok, those AI people. Ooh, hot Cheetos. Nom, nom, nom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm giving them hot Cheeto ASMR. What is it called? A uh, mukbang? Mm-hmm. Watching people eat? For the feeders out there? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Feeders? Yeah. No, so (laughs) feeders are the people that like to watch other people eat. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like those people that'll keep feeding you so you get fat. Oh. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, there's a kink for everyone. Yeah. I, the reason, I don't kink shame. You like what you like. But the reason I think it's creepy is because it's like, your kink can cause damage to people. Like. Yeah. You're harming this person, so. Yeah, I think that's where I draw the line, like between like kink shaming and like harming someone, mm-hmm. or like things that can cause harm. Yep. Yeah, um, I feel that. But yeah. So I sent that email to my boss, and he was like, "Why was dismissed?" And I was like, "Ah, like, I don't past, know. I'm sorry." In the past, I've had clients say that they weren't doing payroll anymore, and I was like, "Okay," and I wasn't telling my boss, not realizing I was supposed to tell him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of already like a, an error that has happened multiple times, you know? Yeah. And then this one was like the first time that I was aware of the process and the protocols and it was missed. So it just looks bad. So I'm not like, he's not going to yell at me or anything like that. He's not that kind of boss, but it's like, I'm causing stress that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And it's not even my fault per se, but. I'm willing to take the hit. Like, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be mine. Whatever. We just have to really be on top of it next time. So, yeah. Fuck. But, 
yeah, so that was stressing me out. I was like, ah, it wasn't even my fault. I didn't know. It was a little stressful, but it's fine, I it's guess. Fine. <laughs> so that was my week. What about yours? Um, it was okay. I went to the gym, started going back again. Woo-hoo. So for those listening, I've had an on again, off again relationship with the gym since like a year before I got pregnant with my first one because I wanted to get healthy for having kids. Yeah, just having kids is making it harder to be like consistent, but I started going again and I'm really sore, really tired. I can hardly walk because I did leg day and my sh- I did, I worked on my shoulders like, ooh, ooh, check out my shoulders. Whoa. Mm. Oh, fuck, that hurt. <laughs> Have you? Well, what about working out at home? Is that not really something you want to do because you'd rather get out of the house? Yes. And I like to lift weights and I don't have weights at home. I mean, I could lift my kids, but my oldest is like 25 pounds. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I could do it. But, you know, I I like to lift some weights. So. And then I like running and I can't really run in my house because I don't have a treadmill. And then I can't run outside because it's too fucking hot. So and too humid it's fucking gross but yeah been going back to the gym so i feel good and i just finished my second book this week so i just started reading again which is really nice because i haven't had time with like the kids but i read the bell chime i finished that earlier this week or like late last week pretty good book gave it like i wanted to give it like three and a half stars out of five pretty good and then i just finished cannibal vengeance today Ooh. yeah do you I have um like a kindle is that what it's called yeah so i just you have the kindle app on my ipad and both of these books you can find on kindle unlimited so i recommend i recommend candle cannibal vengeance but it's not don't read it if you're squeamish it's literally called cannibal vengeance an extreme horror novel so it's like a lot of like body horror and like gore kind of stuff. So just cannibalism, you know? Sounds delicious. Yum. <laughs> yeah. So I started going back to the gym, started reading again, which is really nice. I've missed that. So yeah. But besides that, my week's been boring. Oh, I quit my job. Quit my job because it really sucks. Nice. Yeah. But I do start my new job soon. So I did, you know, I, I quit my job with... Another one lined up, so I will be starting that one soon. Yeah, besides that, yeah, nothing too exciting for me. Oh, I should ask. I'm over here licking my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Are we supposed to be reading books too, though? Remember we texted you, me, and your cousin? Oh, yeah. So we're going to start a book club, and we'll let you know when that is in the works. We'll be having like episodes every week or every other week, just like short episodes just talking about the book or talking about like different chapters so it'll be fun just like a little book club nice. yeah we'll let you guys know what book we're reading in case you would like to read along too mm-hmm. send us a message if you have any input questions comments or anything you want us to discuss on that episode yeah but it's probably gonna be a uh, spooky paranormal or yes. type books and it can range from paranormal to gruesome like what she just read it's just yeah, all type of horrors. Mind the trigger warnings for any book you read. Because I made it onto like horror book talk. And there are some things that I just like splatter punk. I, I can't do it. Like anything by like Aaron. I think his name is like Aaron Beauregard. He is intense. 
So Which reminds so. me, I have Audible and I've been meaning to cancel it, but I have I could I don't do it because when you cancel, you lose your credit. So I'm <gasps> like, let me find a book that I want to read, and then the next month comes and I get billed again and I get billed. So I think I have like six credits. Oh my goodness! If you have any books, anyone listening, or even you, Ale, that you rec- want to recommend that I could have as an audiobook, I'm down to get it. To get it, try Cannibal Vengeance. See if they have it on Audible. I want to try that, but also these are books that I'm going to be listening to, and I'm like, mm, do I want to listen to that, or would I rather read it yeah. myself? Yeah. So I'll look into it and see. Yeah, try that one. So- the Bell Chime. Uh, it's a short one. It's not the horror I was looking for. It's more like of a psychological horror. And it just kind of left me feeling a little empty, but it left me wanting a little bit more. Like, I wish there was a little bit more to the book. But like the whole premise of it was like pretty good. And it was a really easy read. It's really short, only like 150, 160 pages. So it's really short, quick read. Yeah. Then Cannibal Vengeance is also a short, quick read. I read it in two days while having two kids. So it's short and not sweet. Short, short not, sweet. not sweet and to the point. And to the point. Let's see. Yep. But yeah, we'll probably announce it next episode when we're going to do book club and what book we're going to be reading. Yeah. What is it called? Cannibal. Vengeance. Venganza. Oy. Oy. Is that a cat? Oy. No, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> he was laughing. <laughs> No, they don't have it on Audible. Oh, yeah, I'd be surprised if they did. Maybe I'll get the cursed child and see what the negative hype is all about. (laughs) The cursed child. I just Harry Potter because I just saw it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's dive into this episode. Yeah. So this week we'll be talking about something that really scares us. Some people use this in their own practice, and honestly, I don't know how they do it. There mm-hmm. are safe ways to use this, but growing up Catholic, all I ever heard were scary stories surrounding this, and not only has that left a lasting impression into adulthood, but I've also read and heard some really freaky stories. So I'll remain a little trepidatious around this, and in case you haven't figured it out, we're going to be talking about Ouija boards. <laughs> do it because they creep me out too my old roommate used to have one and i don't know if she still does i hate it when she would pull it out be like don't do it when i'm home please weren't you the one who suggested this topic yeah (laughs) (laughs) it still scares me (laughs) yeah i mean i've made my stance really clear and i'm like fearful of them me too i remember when i was okay so when i was taking um catechism like for my confirmation Mm -hmm. i remember the teacher that i had was saying that in reality the ouija is all in your head and it's like a oh fuck no it's not like uh what is it called um oh my god i just lost the word it starts with a p phenomena no no when it's like placebo effect yes pretty much like a placebo effect and i was just like I don't no, think it's you not. should say that because I understand the purpose of you saying that. It's a church thing. Like it's a we're taking a religious class, and you wanna you wanna take away the stigma of it being scary. Like ooh, paranormal doesn't exist. It's just a placebo effect. But you're talking to teenagers, impressionable teenagers who are gonna go 
let's go see if it's really a placebo or not. And then oh they're going to do it. And then they're fucked because yeah. you told them that it was that. Mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. Thank you. As so. a disclaimer, we do not suggest playing this. We just, we're not encouraging anything. We're just talking about the history and some scary stories surrounding Ouija's. Yep, but if you want to do it, proceed with caution. You have yep. been warned. Yep, that is on your own accord. We are not suggesting anything. That part. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So let's start with a little bit of Ouija history. So the Ouija board had its inception in the 19th century when spiritualism was highly popular. Although the spiritualism movement was huge during this time, communicating with the dead and wanting to make contact with the deceased had been around for a much longer time. However, in the 1840s, the Fox sisters really commercialized on spiritualism. The Fox sisters might not have invented spiritualism, but they did play a crucial role in the movement. During their reign, the Fox sisters used a series of knocks and taps to communicate with the dead and provide answers for those who seek their services. However, they did come out and say that they were faking it. They created the knocks and taps by knocking their knees together and twisting their ankles in weird ways. Yeah, which is like, that's a little crazy to me that like you can knock your knees and it makes a sound that loud. That how bony are were they? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But by the late 1880s, the first talking boards came to fruition. It was very similar to the Ouija board with letters and numbers on it with a small cursor to point. Um, and now the terms are interchangeable, but they were just a little bit different. Talking boards were successful and like any true American tale, someone had to capitalize on it. And so Charles Kennard didn't care for spiritualism, but the thought of capitalizing on the boards was very lucrative. And so Charles teamed up with E.D. Reich and they began producing wooden boards. However, when they went looking for investors, Kennard took full credit for the invention. That bastard. Right? So greedy. <laughs> but Kennard was unsuccessful until Elijah Bond got involved and together they formed Kennard Novelty Company along with some other individuals. And the name of the Ouija board supposedly comes from the board naming itself with Kennard stating that he asked the board its name and it said Ouija, which is apparently ancient Egyptian for good luck. This is, however, not true. Damn. (laughs) Right? Another etymology says that it comes from the French and German words for yes, we, and ya. And once it was up for a patent, someone was actually able to get the application approved by doing a demonstration. I wanted to say, Mm -hmm. have you heard how some people call it Ouija? Yes. And I don't know which one it is. I'm like, every time I say Ouija, I want to say Ouija. Yeah. I want to say it in Spanish. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'm like, it's a Ouija. Ouija, And I've always said Ouija in English. Like when I say it, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I always say Ouija in English, but Ouija does sound acceptable. Creepy? No, yeah, I like, yeah, I like it better. Ouija. Ouija? Ouija. Ouija. I feel like it sounds like harsh. Ouija. Ouija. 
Rachel? I'm thinking of like that episode of Friends when uh, Rachel's dating that guy named Josh Joshua, and she's like Josh, oh, yeah. Ooh, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, we, ja. She got on my we nerves ja. with that man. I didn't like him. Like Joshua, Joshua. Like oh Josh, it's Joshua. Oh, he doesn't like Josh. No, I don't like Josh. Whatever, Rachel. <laughs> Thank God for the character development, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, the demonstration. So the demonstration was actually really cool. There was some hesitation as to the approval of the patent, but everyone was adamant on getting it approved. Helen Peters was instrumental in its approval. Woo! Women doing something. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> during <laughs> during the patent interview, she was able to communicate with the spirits to spell out the patent officer's unknown name. From there, there was no more convincing that needed to be done, and the patent was approved. <gasps> foo, foo, foo. Witch! She's a witch. witch. <laughs> Seriously, it's like how did like how did that? How was that fine? <laughs> right like you had all these witch trials like yeah because we're like 100 150 years before but mm. now it's like ooh, spiritualism and it's like come on because it was gonna make them moolah so they were like, like witch she's well, helping like, us leave her be well just the whole spiritualism movement in yeah. general was like it wasn't a witch hunt true like, thank goodness uh, yeah but Seriously. anyways <laughs> The patent was issued on February 10th of 1891, and it quickly hit the shelves at a whopping $1.50 a board. Now, I don't have an inflation calculator, so I don't know how much that was. But not only did the Ouija board further fuel the spiritualism movement, but it also became a family-friendly game. So people would gather around in the hopes of communicating with ancestors and deceased loved ones. Writers like Pearl Curran and James Merrill used the boards for creative inspiration. However, not everyone was thrilled with the board. Many people from different religious and spiritual backgrounds saw the board as a form of divination, which for many fell into the umbrella term of witchcraft, and therefore the boards were condemned. And so actually, you know, there was another author who took inspiration from Ouija boards. And we actually briefly touched on this before. So like The Exorcist is one of the first movies that depicted the shifting views of the Ouija boards, which Jasmine covered in one of our earlier episodes. Yes, I did. <clears throat> to answer your question about the inflation, a dollar fifty then is worth wait, this is wrong. I should have just got an inflation calculator. No, inflation calculator only goes back to 1913. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Clearly, I've been on that website a lot. I know. You're like, why am I so broke? Well, it's because I see two answers here. One mm -hmm. says 3632, but then another one says 5867. I feel like the 5867 seems... But the 31, the 31 seems fine, too. 30, 36. 32? 36? Yeah. So how much does, I don't even want to look it up. I don't want it to hijack my phone, but. I think it'd be like, what, $30 for a board? Like a game board? And I am calling it a game 20, board. 
Yeah. Just because that's how it's like marketed still. Between twenty to thirty dollars to okay. buy one now. And then look, how can you resist when there's like cute shit like this? Where is it? Oh, that's precious. I want to see a Powerpuff Girls. I know. We're just looking at pictures of Ouija boards right now. Yeah. But anyways, back to the movie. So if you remember in the movie, The Exorcist, uh, Reagan is playing with the Ouija board. And that's actually really important because it's how she got possessed. William Peter Blatty, so the one who wrote the novel, had his fair share of experiences with the Ouija board. So while writing the final chapter, Blatty became obsessed with using one for 10 days. He's gone on to say that during that time, he was completely convinced he was communicating with the dead. And he acknowledged that many things could be due to the power of suggestion or that it could be auto-suggestion. So kind of like placebo effect. Yeah. Yeah. He had done so much research on Ouija boards for the book, so he was well aware But still, he says that something felt different and he knew it wasn't his subconscious leading to the communication. During that time, he thought he was communicating with his father and had the following to say about his experience. I got someone in to help validate the experience. She was a girl who could put herself into a self-imposed hypnotic trance and who would operate the planchette on the Ouija board. I didn't touch it at all and asked the questions in Arabic, which she didn't understand a word of, and I got precisely the right answers. How the hell do you even explain that? Right? That's crazy. After his experience with the Ouija board, he started experiencing some supernatural things. While revising the book at a friend's house, the phone rang and then it stopped. But it didn't just stop, it hung itself up. So it picked itself up and hung up. So dramatic. <laughs> I mean, it is dramatic. <laughs> like, it's not like the phones like from nowadays where they just stop ringing. You had to physically pick them up. And back then, phones would ring for fucking ever. Yes, there was no like call waiting. There was no answering machines. It just jumped oh. off the receiver and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Another experience was his typewriter started typing gibberish all on its own. So after these experiences and his time writing the book, he went from a self-proclaimed relaxed Catholic to a devout Catholic. And honestly, I can't blame him. Dude, it's what you were saying about like the whole like Catholic teacher, like your Catholicism teacher, not Catholicism, um, catechist. Mm-hmm. The catequista, how she was like, it's a placebo effect. Yet you have this guy over here who's like, nope, nope, nope. It's true. The- it's real. I'm super Catholic now. At first, he's like all chill and stuff. And then he feels some unknown thing tickle his booty. And all of a sudden, he's like, ah, I'm at church all the time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like those it scary movies. It's like, as soon as like one thing goes wrong, you go to church. It's yeah. like, you need Jesus in your life. Yep, yep, that part. Anyways, this really, like, that really fueled a taboo surrounding Ouija boards because during its release, like, the movie's release, the world was still uneasy from, like, the Manson family murders in the late 60s, a rise in serial killers with ritualistic MOs, and then the satanic panic would 
soon follows suit. So, you know, you have this, what's supposed to be a game, but it's leading to something horrific. And then this movie is like sensationalizing it. And then it's just go, go, go to the next horror thing. And so now Ouija boards are still seen as taboo. And in many instances, they're still associated with demonic activity and possessions. And in Catholicism, like we were talking about it, Ouija boards are like warned against because it can definitely summon evil spirits. Or I guess in the case of Jasmine's old catechist, it's the placebo effect. It's all in your mind. That glass that just went your way and broke on the wall behind you, that didn't really happen. (laughs) That phone that just picked itself up and hung up on its own? I didn't do that. That's in your mind. Yeah, I think you went blind for a second there, Blatty. (laughs) (laughs) And so an article... Roger. Roger? Yeah, that was my catechist name. (laughs) It was a man, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) So anyways, um, an article warned that even if you don't believe, it's still very real. You know, like... And the board is like a phone. And you may think you're not talking to anyone and maybe no one's talking back. But someone or something is definitely on the other side listening. And Father, what the fuck? I turned on my lights and I forgot to cover the camera so you wouldn't get like get right freaked in your out. Face. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um. Anyways, um, Father Lamper, <clears throat> who's an exorcist priest, actually says that he receives many exorcist requests due to people playing with the Ouija boards. And nearly half of those requests come from non-Catholics, which is exactly what we're talking about. Something tickles your little booty hole. And where are you going to run to? You're going to run to church. And the thing is that exorcisms are not something that they just hand out the way Oprah hands out prizes to all her viewers. Like, (laughs) it has to be a very special case for them to perform that type of thing. Well, yeah. And then he like goes on to say that only about one in 5,000 are actually demonic possessions. And a lot of other things are demonic oppressions. So have you watched Evil? No, that's the one that the cover picture has an elevator, right? Oh, no, I'm thinking about no, a different movie. No, 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 no. Um, that one's Devil, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that's a movie. I think so. No, Evil is a show. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's really good. And they actually talk about demonic possessions and demonic oppressions and things like that so it's really cool 10 out of 10 recommend that show i'm getting gary to watch it again i don't have paramount plus oh we got it for free well we have a 30-day free trial i don't know if we'll keep it up probably i'll just forget to cancel like you forget to cancel audible yeah (laughs) but yeah that's just a little bit on like ouija boards and like their history no, thank you. They're not for me. Mm-hmm. So we have some scary stories now, though. Some Ouija stories, which is why you don't play with Ouija boards. Let this be a warning to all you motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> I know. That was a little mean. I'm sorry. All y'all bitches. <laughs> I'm just... It's a term of endearment. No, damage. you gotta do like that, all you little bitches, okay? You gotta you make it cutesy. Bitches. Oh, okay. My bad. (laughs) Do you want to tell your story first or do you want me to tell mine first? I can tell it first. Okay. 
hopefully on my throat. I've been like coughing kind of crazy lately. Dude, like, me too. Like what is happening? Yeah, but me, it's because I inhaled a piece of like, I was eating, we were having fish and chips for dinner and I inhaled a piece of like breaded fish and my throat's just like raw from me trying to like not die. That's the word. I saw a video that said that if you ever get anything like sticking in your throat, like even, you know, when you choke on water, you could still feel it in there. Mm -hmm. You like rotate your shoulders and then look to the side. Supposedly that'll wiggle it out and then you can cough it out. Oh, I already coughed it out. It's just sore now. Oh. (laughs) For future reference. For future reference. Okay. So the blue story. Me and my friends are using a Ouija board for the first time. It keeps asking people to leave the room. I'm using this post to chronicle the events of this evening as they have been truly fascinating. Some quick backstory. The small section of the city that me and my friends live is generally known to be haunted. And even if you're not a believer in the supernatural, it's at least a bit eerie. I'm not going to dox myself by stating the location, but let's just say that creepy sightings and murders and deaths due to unexplainable circumstances, are our bread and butter. Sounds like Texas, if you ask me. (laughs) For most people, this means you move away as soon as they can. For folks like me and my friends, who absolutely love all things spine-chilling, it generally makes for a pretty good time. Our Halloween parties are awesome. Most of our drinking nights have some sort of spooky game interlaced into them. And if you have literally nothing to do on a Friday night with your friends, you can always go on a tour of some of our haunted locales. Graveyards, abandoned buildings, creepy forests, you name it. So with that background established, let's cut back to tonight. Me and my closest three pals decided to try our hand at using a Ouija board. Were we going to be normal and try the Ouija board in one of our family attics? Nah, too basic. We instead decided to trek up together what I shit you not is an abandoned treehouse left in an elevated section of our city surrounded by forests. What could go wrong, right? We climbed up to the treehouse, set down a spooky themed rug, lit some candles, and brought out the Ouija board. Despite my pretty extensive resume of dealing with all things creepy, I'd never actually tried a Ouija board before. So I was really excited to see what would happen. We went into this excited to break every rule in the book. We weren't going to do a seance. We were going to ask whatever we want. And we didn't need to worry about being respectful to the spirit, etc. We figured if something interesting were to happen, it'd be more likely if we went in as carefree as possible. We sat in a circle around the Ouija board and got started. Asking the simple question... Is there a spirit with us? With all of our hands placed on the planchette. No real response. We fluttered the planchette in a few different directions, but we could tell we were kind of forcing it. We asked a few other questions. What is your name? When did you die? But nothing really came of it. After trying for the next half hour and not really getting anything in the form of a response, We decided that we probably didn't have any spooky luck tonight and opted instead to share scary stories in the treehouse. We left the Ouija board out just in case we'd get luckier later in the night. Amidst a break in our storytelling, where everyone was grabbing drinks and snacks from their bags, 
I decided to give the Ouija board another quick go. I placed my hand on the planchette alone and whispered the following question. Will you please grace us with your presence tonight? Surprisingly, the planchette started moving. It's hard to explain, but you kind of know when something is moving on its own versus you sort of subtly and subconsciously moving it with your hand to force an answer. This felt real. A tingle went up my spine. It was cool as hell. My hand was moved to the following letters. Y-E-S. Yes. Awesome! I looked over to the group and told them that the Ouija board was working again. Excitedly, we all huddled around and placed our hands on the planchette. I followed up with another question. Where are you from? We sat there excitedly waiting for something. Instead, nothing. The planchette was still. The lack of any sort of external force with us was very, very obvious. Disappointing, but I had an idea I wanted to follow up with. I turned to my friend Kevin and asked him, Do you want to try doing it solo? It worked for me. Kevin was confused, but he decided to give it a try. We all backed up to give him some space with the Ouija board. He placed his hand on the planchette and repeated my question. Where are you from? His expression changed to shock as his hand started moving with the planchette. He turned to all of us and mouthed, I'm not doing this, to which I excitedly mouthed back, I know. I pulled out a notepad and recorded the answer as the planchette went from letter to letter. I recorded the following. N-O-T-I-M-P-O-R-T-A-N-T. Not important. Love it. A spare with some sass. I asked Kev to back up for a sec as I approached the Ouija board. Prepped for one final solo question, I asked. Why are you only responding when it's one of us using the board? Yet again, the planchette moved effortlessly with my hand. It was faster this time. So I said the letters out loud and had another one of my friends, Eleonora, transcribe onto my notepad. The answer was, one at a time. Fair enough. I thank the spirit, my hand still on the planchette. I appreciate your answers, friend. To my surprise, in a strange synergy between me and the spirit, I felt compelled to move the planchette again. It was the fastest it had ever been this time as it covered the following letters. T-E-L-L-E-V-E-R-Y-O-N-E-E-L-S-E-T-O-L-E-A-V-E. Tell everyone else to leave. Huh? My friends looked at me skeptically as I said the letters at a, one at a time. Are you sure you didn't just force that on purpose? asked Eleonora. I assured her I definitely didn't. That was definitely from the spirit. At this point, this had been the most clearly supernatural phenomena I'd ever experienced in my life, and I was excited to keep it going. My friends, usually unflinching and made of ice, were a little bit thrown. Eleonora and Martin looked ever so slightly spooked, but Kev was willing to go with it. Might as well see where this goes, Kev said, as he started climbing down the treehouse. With a slight bit of hesitation, Eleonora and Martin followed suit. Sweet, an actually creepy night. I embraced the quiet amidst the lighting of the candles and the power of the Ouija board. I geared up for my next question. I wasn't going to hold back. Spirit, 
How will I die? I took in a deep breath, waiting for some movement. Slowly? Depends. Interesting answer. It's not a bit underwhelming. I geared up for my follow-up question. Oh, come on, spirit. What about something a bit more specific? My hand moved with the planchette to the following letters. I tried hard to focus and connect the letters since I didn't have anyone to transcribe with me. What is your name? Weird. Completely dodged my question and asked me my name. Okay, all-knowing spirit. I assume you'd already know that. I decided to try tricking it. My name is Belle. Movement from the planchette on the Ouija board. It took me to the letters. Do not lie. Hmm, well played, spirit. I gave the spirit my actual name, Jennifer, and continued to to see the follow-up response. What is your favorite food? Honoring the spirit's rules, I opted to tell the truth instead of following up with another lie. Your girl loves Don Air, and this spirit deserves to know that. The Ouija board's response, correct. Before I could take in the affirmation from the spirit, who is asking who questions here, spirit? It followed up with yet another question. What is your biggest fear? And do not lie. This question took me back a bit. I wasn't really afraid of anything, or so I thought, so I struggled with it. It took me a few moments. I really, really thought of it. I kind of cringed at the answer, but it was my truth. Something horrible happening to my little brother. No movement from the Ouija board. Seconds turned into minutes as I kept my hand awkwardly placed on the planchette. Then finally, thank you, send Eleonora. Welp, I obliged. I thanked the spirit for its time and decided to climb down from the treehouse where my friends were waiting. I passed on the spirit's message and told Eleonora that it was her turn. Martin, Kev, and I spent what must have been 15 minutes standing outside the treehouse while Eleonora was up there. We'd pulled drinks out of our bags and were discussing my experience with the Ouija board so far. Both were incredibly surprised when I told them that the spirit was asking me questions. What kind of questions? Generic stuff like my name, favorite food, I answered. Weird. Both Kevin and Martin seemed a bit thrown off by it, but I was excited. We looked up at the treehouse as we heard the sounds of someone climbing down. Eleonora had finished her session. She looked traumatized. How was it? I asked her. Weird. All it did was ask me questions. Questions like? Kevin asked her. My name, my favorite hobby, my uh, biggest fear? That one took me a while to answer. Kev turned to me. That is a little bit eerie, he said. I agreed. Didn't look like Eleonora was loving it either, but still, a spirit asking us questions? This had been one of the coolest, if not the coolest, paranormal experiences I'd ever experienced in my life. Eleonora turned to Martin. It said that you were up next. Martin's session seemed longer than the others. We stood outside drinking, talking about the things happening so far, and pulling out the occasional snack. That was a little bit traumatizing, said Eleonora. Kevin pointed to her and then up to the treehouse. Agreed. This is kind of messed up, he said. Yeah, but that's the point, I responded. 
We seek out spooky happenings all the time and we never get lucky. This is an actual legit supernatural experience. I feel like we have to take advantage of it. Even if it's asking us personal stuff, what does it want this info for? Followed up Eleonora. I shrugged. While the biggest fear question was pretty weird, I didn't feel too worried that a spirit knew my favorite food was or what my name was. Our conversation was interrupted by the sound of someone climbing down from the treehouse. Martin had finished up his session. Felt like it had been 30 minutes, which topped the rest of our sessions. We bombarded Martin with questions as he reached the ground. He looked more shell-shocked than Eleonora did. That was pretty fucked up, he started. What did it ask you? I asked enthusiastically. My biggest fear, Martin responded. It's weird, but it felt like it didn't like my answer to that one. It almost seemed annoyed. Huh? So was it just silent for a while after that? I asked. No, it asked me way more things after that. What the happiest moment of my life was, who I was the most jealous of, what my biggest life dream was, all that stuff. It was a lot of questions. Then finally, it just wrapped up with, thank you. And that was that. Martin turned to Kevin. You're up next. Kevin turned to all of us. Here goes nothing. He sighed and started climbing up to the treehouse. We watched him make his way to the top. For the first time in the evening, I had a knot in my stomach. Only five minutes had passed since Kevin first went up, but he was already climbing down. He was shaking his head as he made his way down the ladder and to our group. Fuck that, said Kevin. What happened, we asked him. He just shook his head. That shit is dangerous. We need to get the fuck out of here ASAP. I'd never seen Kevin like this. He was uncaressed. He was uncaressed. Uncharacteristically. Uncharacteristically. Okay. That A was throwing me off. I never seen Kevin like this. He was uncharacteristically shook. <laughs> so like I said that fucked up. Uncharacteristically. Uncharacteristically. <laughs> Characteristically. Oh wait, it's uncharacteristically. So uncharacteristically. I feel like I'm trying so hard. Characteristically. I think I think your intonation's off. Uncharacteristically. Uncharac- Uncharacteristic. Mm. Character. Characteristically. Okay, hold on. Character, characteristically, uncharacteristically. Okay. All right. If I can't say it, then I'm not saying it. I never seen Kevin like this. He was uncharacteristically shook. You have to tell us more. What did it ask you? What did it say? But Kevin ignored all all of our questions. He started packing up his bag. You guys can play with fire if you want, but I'm out of here. I suggest you guys come too, he said. I watched as Martin and Eleonora started packing up as well. I had bad feelings throughout this whole thing. I think we should leave, said Martin. Guys, what the hell? Just because it's unsettling doesn't mean we have to pack up. We could just hang out up here and do something else, I said back. This doesn't feel right, said Eleonora. I watched them as they all took a few steps away from the treehouse and towards the forest. You coming? asked Kevin. I stood my ground. Kevin just shook his head and started heading out on his way. Suit yourself. 
I had no idea what could have possibly happened up there that would have shook him this much. He had already started walking as Martin and Eleonora pleaded with me to come with them. I said no. Begrudgingly, they all left. You're probably wondering, wasn't I scared, especially now that I was alone? The answer was yes, but something in my soul told me that I was up next. I spent my whole life waiting for something that was truly supernatural to happen, and now it was in front of me. With my fingers jittering, I climbed up to the treehouse as my friends departed. It took me a moment to pull together the bravery to put my hand on the planchette. The candles were still lit. The setting was just right. Finally, I spoke to the spirit again. Why are you asking us all these questions? Nothing for a few minutes. Then my hand moved with the planchette, slower than usual. The answer? To confirm my suspicions. Confirm your suspicions of what? Movement from the planchette on the Ouija board. One of you is not who you say you are. What are you talking about? I heard blood-curdling shrieks coming from the forest outside the treehouse, like nothing I'd ever heard before. What the fuck? The planchette was moving on its own now. I watched it go from letter to letter. That is not Kevin. He is coming back for you. Run. And so I did. The small section of the city I live in is generally known to be haunted. I think I know why. It's time for me to leave. The fuck is Kevin? I don't know. So is the Ouija good in this story? He's, I, I guess. I don't think it's necessarily good. I don't think it was trying to do them a favor. I think it was just trying to call out Kevin. Like, I know what you are. Like, you're one of my, you're one of me. You're like yeah. me. And so <gasps> Kevin got mad because, I mean, what happens whenever you're, if you're experienced, like if you're facing a demon, when you're asking it, what's your name? Or when you figure out who they are and you say their name, they get mad. They don't yeah. like to be called out like that. <gasps> so, but I think that the, that in this case, yeah, he, the, the demon or maybe the spirit that, um, Jennifer was talking to was just gave her this information like run because he's coming back. Yeah. Maybe not to help her or maybe to help her. I don't know, but damn. That damn. gave me chills. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Ready for one more? Damn it, Kevin. Yeah. Damn it, Kevin. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Let me get into character. Ooh. Story time. You saw how I try? Yeah, good job. I'm trying to do separate voices. <laughs> I like. I feel like a yawn is coming. You know what I mean. A few months ago, I had a slumber party for Friday the Thirteenth. It was especially creepy because it was in October. I had three friends over, and for the sake of the story, we'll call them Cindy, Janet, and Abby. They came over around six p.m., and we were down in the basement playing around with my mom's scrap fabric, trying to piece together Halloween costumes. Cindy wrapped a purple scrap around her bust and said she needed a green mini skirt and she could be Ariel. Janet was wearing a flannel and grabbed a straw hat and proclaimed she'd be a scarecrow. Abby was rummaging through my mom's trunk and that's when it all began. She pulled out a dusty, tattered old box with big white letters that spelled out Ouija. 
and it was just like the movies. We all went silent as we saw it. Oh, fuck yeah, Abby exclaimed. Who's down for a little danger tonight? We were all giddy with excitement, but there was a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. We'd gone through that trunk a million times, but that box was never there. It almost seemed to appear out of thin air. I ignored the feeling and joined my friends, closing the circle. We placed our hands on the planchette and went around the board three times, just like we'd seen in the movies. The feeling in my stomach grew, trying to consume me, but I convinced myself it was just because of all the horror movies I had watched and it being Friday the 13th. We all looked at each other and in unison said, Hello, followed by giggling. I couldn't believe we were playing with a Ouija board, but I wondered why my mom never mentioned having one before. She knew we were totally into all the spooky and witchy things. Abby went first and asked, What's your name? The planchette started moving. E-M-I-L-Y. Emily. Who's moving it? This isn't funny, Janet said. But we all said it wasn't us. I know I certainly wasn't moving it. How old are you? Cindy went next. Again, the planchette started moving. Okay, this really isn't funny, you guys, Janet continued. But we all kept playing. Nine. It's a little girl, Jan, I said in the hopes of assuaging her. Look, I'll go next. Will Dylan ask Janet to the haunted hayride? Cindy and Abby giggled as Janet took her hands off the planchette and stood up and said, Okay, I'm done. This isn't fun. She stopped abruptly. The planchette started moving again, this time to no. Really funny, guys. You're real assholes, she continued. Relax. It was just me teasing, Abby said as she removed her hands from the planchette, prompting Cindy to do the same. They started arguing, but I kept on playing. That feeling inside me screaming at me to stop, but something made me keep playing. How did you die? I asked and everyone looked back at me. K-N-I-S-E. Knife. That's not funny, Mel, Abby sputtered. I swear I didn't move it. I said, but I knew I was lying. I stood up and suggested we go to my room and watch the movies we'd picked out. We started up the stairs when we heard it. We all looked back and saw the planchette moving across the board erratically. We couldn't believe our eyes. The stairs started shaking and the light bulbs went out. It was pitch black and we all fell on top of each other and we were now on the ground. I screamed, the weight of the others on me. I knew my leg was broken. Our screams turned to whimpers as I heard my mom yell if we were okay. When we didn't answer, I heard footsteps above me and then the door opened and then the lights turned back on. What's going on in here? She exclaimed and went rushing down the stairs when she saw all of us on top of each other. Abby, what happened? She said and that's when I saw her standing over the board. There was no way she could have avoided the collision. She was behind me and I felt her body undermine. But it didn't matter. She was somehow standing over the board. The adrenaline was slowly wearing off and I began to groan. Everyone got off me and there was blood all over Janet's shirt, the sight signaling everyone to look down at me, and we saw the bone sticking out of my pants. I knew then what bone white meant. Girls, go to the kitchen and wait for me there. Mel, stay put. I'm calling an ambulance. <laughs> stay put. <laughs> as if I could fucking move. 
My mom ran up the stairs and I could hear her talking to the 911 operator. Abby leaned down and whispered in my ear, Emily said that's just the beginning. And she proceeded to walk up the stairs. Her breath lingered in my ear and that feeling in my stomach grew into a pitch black hole, swallowing my stomach. The ambulance came and took me away and I heard, I heard my mom tell Abby to take everyone home. She was the only one with a car and a license. I yelled and said she couldn't take them home. She couldn't take them anywhere. My mom thought I just wanted them to come with me, but I couldn't let them anywhere near it. I don't know how I knew, but I just did. Abby wasn't Abby anymore, and Emily certainly wasn't a little girl. I had to stop them, but I was getting lightheaded from the blood loss, and everything went black. I woke up in a hospital room to my mom in the corner, fast asleep, and the sun shining brightly outside the window. Mom? I was able to croak. She jumped and looked at me, and looked at me with a look of grievance. What happened? I asked. You broke your leg and had emergency surgery because you were losing a lot of blood. It's Saturday morning. Where are my friends? Can I see them? What? What happened last night? Her eyes began tearing up, and she had the same look on her face as she did when my dad died, and I knew then. Whatever had a hold of Abby did something. There was an accident. Abby was driving the girls home when a drunk driver ran a red light and hit them. I'm so sorry, she said as tears began streaming down her face. Cindy and Janet weren't wearing their seatbelts, and they didn't make it. I went hysterical. I started wailing, and the black pit inside of my stomach returned, now even bigger. My mom ran over and hugged me, gently stroking my hair and making shushing noises. I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, I knew it was going to happen. Abby's here for observation, but she only seems to have a a concussion and a few stitches. I hoped the crash expelled whatever was inside of her, but I knew it probably killed what was left of Abby. What happened last night anyway? My mom asked. We were going to watch some movies upstairs and the planchette on your Ouija board started going crazy. The lights went out, stairs started shaking, then everyone fell. My Ouija board? Sweetie, what are you talking about? I've never played with a Ouija board. Mom, we found it in your trunk of scrap fabric. Sorry, sweetie, that's not mine. Did... Did one of you bring it and hide it there? I don't know. Maybe, I said, but I knew none of us brought it in. I was discharged and returned home. The numb feeling was due to everything that had happened and had nothing to do with my meds. I stayed home Monday and Tuesday, but returned Wednesday. Everyone was nice to me. I broke my leg and had just lost my best friends. All of them. Abby tried acting normal, but I knew what she really was. I had lunch with Dylan, and we just talked about Cindy and Janet and how we couldn't believe what had happened. Abby said she was going off campus for lunch, but we stayed behind. A few weeks passed, and it was just me and Dylan every day at lunch. Abby had her own friends. She never hung out with us, even before the crash. Only outside of school. We weren't cool enough for her. Dylan started coming over after school, and we worked on our homework together. We were getting close after the crash. We had always been friends, but never got too close because Janet had a huge crush on him. 
I felt like we could actually be friends now that she was gone, and I felt guilty for that. I felt guilty for finding solace. A few more weeks went by, and Abby was getting more and more popular as I grew more and more numb. I sat behind her in English and noticed some something strange. The back of her neck was scabbing. It was almost as though her flesh was rotting. It was black and flaking off. How could none of her friends have noticed? Was that thing inside her finally making its way out? After school, Dylan came over to work on our homework, and I finally confided all my thoughts and experiences to him, and he looked at me with disbelief. I mean, I don't blame him. I'd think I was crazy too if I hadn't seen everything with my own eyes. Jeez, Mel. You can't just say someone's possessed because they're getting more and more popular. What happened was an accident. Abby didn't kill them. The drunk driver's in jail. That's all we can ask for at this point, he said. I know, but... I began. You weren't there. You didn't see the blackness in her eyes. Please, just pay attention to her at school and you'll see what I mean. Okay. I just want you to be okay. This year has been horrible for all of us, he said as he pulled me in for a hug. He began stroking my hair and I immediately felt more at ease. It'll all be okay. I promise, he whispered in my ear. I don't know what came over me, but I turned to kiss his neck. He pushed me away and looked at me with surprise looked at me with surprise before pulling me in and kissing me. Oh god. He tasted sweet and familiar, and for the first time in my in months, I felt something. <laughs> you know, and it's like things are you know, things are getting like little like a little steamy and it's like, ooh <laughs> This is too cringy for me. Right? This is like the type of books I read in high school. Oh Lord! Oh God! Okay, are you reading along with it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost over. Okay. Oh yeah, it's like the last page. Oh, okay. I can't read this without laughing. I know. <laughs> Good luck. Like we kept kissing and, until we became one. Ooh. <laughs> what the? What's the girl's name? Mel. Um, Dylan and Mel sitting in a tree. <laughs> we kept kissing until we became one. He kissed my forehead as we laid on the shag carpet in the basement. Basement. The place where it all started. I started crying and pleading and pleaded that he believed me about Abby. Hey, hey, hey. It's okay. I believe you. I'll start paying attention, I promise, he said as he pulled me in closer. A few more weeks passed and we talked about Abby more. He was finally able to see what I was talking about. The scabbing on the back of her neck spread and it was getting harder and harder for her to hide it. I noticed her fingers turning black too. And then she came to school wearing gloves, claiming it was poor circulation and and the cold. But I knew better. We knew better. We decided we needed to take action. Someone had to put an end to Abby and whatever was inside of her. We couldn't let anyone else die because of her. I invited Abby over. I told her I didn't like the way things were between us, and I wanted things to be better. She agreed and said she'd come over Friday night. Dylan and I prepared everything we would need. Black trash bags, a knife, and that dreaded Ouija board. She came downstairs to the basement, and we sat in silence for a few minutes. What happened that night? 
I was finally able to muster. We, we were almost at Jan's house when some drunk ran through a red light and hit us. We were only going down to this, down the street to her house and we were going to sleep there until we found out you were going to be okay. All I remember seeing is seeing glass everywhere and then everything went black. I didn't find out they didn't make it until I woke up at the hospital, she said, trying to hold back tears. I didn't believe a single word that came out of its mouth. I knew it was all a ploy to gain my sympathy, but that wasn't Abby. I could feel that same blackness growing inside me, signaling it, signaling it was time to act before it got too much power. I tucked my hair behind my ear and that was Dylan's signal to knock, knock her out. He took my mom's old candlestick and hit her and her body thudded on the ground motionless. I quickly got up and started laying the trash bags on the floor so as to knock at any blood on the carpet. Otherwise, my mom would never let me live it down. Dylan and I rolled her, her limp body into the center of the room and I grabbed the knife from its hiding place underneath the couch cushions and I lifted it past my head when Dylan interrupted, Are you sure? I've never been so sure of anything in my life. I know it was lying. That thing isn't Abby! I yelled as I plunged the knife into her chest, hoping I got right to where the heart was supposed to be. It let out a small gasp, trying to catch its breath. <laughs> it whispered, Why? As I pulled the knife out and kept plunging it into its lifeless body, I had to be sure it was really gone. If it was going to take my friends, I had to put an end to it before it took me too. Dylan stopped me at some point, reminding me that my mom would be home soon. I had half expected the body to sort of go up in flames, but when it didn't, I knew what I had to do. Dylan and I wrapped the body in the trash bags and stuffed its limp body into the trunk along with the Ouija board. I hoped whatever it was took the Ouija board back to wherever it came from and that it would take the body with it. All I know is that the body is still there and the growing blackness is consuming me still. It's moved on and I need to find out where it went. Are we sure she's not the one that's possessed? <laughs> she is. Is that the point? She is? Uh-huh. So then why was Abby's skin black? Poor circulation in the cold. No, I don't believe that. Yeah, your pants can like turn purple if you have like poor circulation. But she said black, not purple. And then what about the scabbing on her neck? Psoriasis. But does it say that she had psoriasis? No, but the author knows. I don't know, because the way I thought it was is that her body is starting to decay because Abby is dead, but the demon is still possessing the body. Oh, that could work. That's what I thought. To me, I was like, oh, the body is starting to decay. So soon enough, the demon's going to have to find a different body to inhabit. And then it went for Mel. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Good stories. Yeah, good stories. I think I like the first one better because the ending just had me like. <gasps> yeah. I still like yours, though. Thank you. Even though you picked both of them out. <laughs> I wrote the black one. I wrote mine. Oh, you did? Girl, you didn't say that. That was a good one. That's the cringe part. 
Yeah, why did you do that? Because I was trying my hand. I was like, everyone's always talking about smut on like TikTok. And I'm like, let me try. And it's not for me. I don't read it. I can't read smut. I can't read it. I can't write it. I can't do it. I tried and I failed. That, that I think has been my favorite one so far that you've written. Really? That was a good one. Yeah. Well, like, and yeah, like I tried my hand at smut and I'm like, I'm trying to read it. And it's just, it's not for me. It makes me cringe. I'm what? like, oh no. What's smut? Like schmexy books. Oh. Yeah, I can't do that stuff. Yeah, no. I've tried. I can't. I'm just like, wee, I think wee. also I I think also because they're high schoolers. Oh yeah. It was also like, yeah. It oh, really reminded me of yeah. I forgot they were in high school, yeah. It just reminded me of like books I would read. Okay, so <laughs> there was an author that I used to read. Because she she had these books called The Mediator. Uh-huh. And it's like four books, right? Uh-huh. And it's a girl. I don't remember her name. But she could see the dead. And the dead know that she could see them. So they constantly approach her to be like, hey, I have unresolved problems in this life. Help me so I can move on to the afterlife. Oh, like Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. So she doesn't like that. She tries to avoid it, you know, because it looks weird that she's able to talk to them. And when from from anyone else's perspective, it looks weird. Uh huh. So she tries to avoid like old buildings, historic buildings, and she just likes modern modern buildings because that means no dead people, no one's died there. She's in the clear. Her mom remarries, and they move to this town out here in California, and she starts going to this like Catholic school. So mm-hmm. obviously, that means historic. And then in her room, there's a ghost. And she's like, oh, my God, no. Like, I just moved from there to here, and now I have a ghost in my room. Mm -hmm. But she ends up falling in love with the ghost. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is this going where I think it's going? No, because it's a team book, okay? (laughs) And he's, like, back from, like, the early 1900s or around there, I think. Yeah. She ends up, like... She a whole bunch of every book something crazy happened, but in the end she kind of embraces her power and she's able to time travel. Uh huh. It's really dumb, and she brings, I guess, spoiler. <laughs> it's okay. She I'm had, not gonna read manages, them. I know she manages to go back in time to the time where that ghost, his name is Jesse, where he lives, and she brings him back to her present day. Oh my god! And she's Jesse's girl. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know how like he's able to survive because I don't think she's allowed to do that because obviously he's dead. But yeah. I don't know. Somehow she's able to bring him back into her modern day, and then they end up together. Yeah, but there was a lot of instances like that where oh he grabbed me, and I could smell him, and it's like bitch, he's a ghost. How? <laughs> bitch, <laughs> yeah. So it was just yeah. Very cringy. And... I probably cut it out of the story because it's just like it, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Leave it with our giggles. <laughs> but honestly, though, this has been one of my probably my top favorite so far that you. Oh, read. really? I think my favorite one yeah. was the first one I wrote, Rhiannon, the one with the witch hunter. Oh, uh, yeah, that one was cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't. It was. It was cool, but this one tops it. Which one was the last one that you did before this one? Um, the one was I did the one with the shed, where like the oh I like that one too. 
Yeah, and then the other one with like the paranormal, like the black mass that like killed the toddler. Did I already forget that fact? Yeah, it was a short. It was like a really short one, like five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like the one with the shed with the husband. I like that yeah. one too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're only going up from here. Really, you think so? Yeah, I I like this one. Just the only part now. I see why you say that Mel was possessed because obviously it's your story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my interpretation. My interpretation like- was that. I, I left it open for interpretation. Yeah. Like, yeah. I left it open. It's like, was she the one who was possessed the whole time? Or well, yeah, cause was she the one who got possessed at the end? I left it I le- on purpose. I left that one open for interpretation. Because for a second, it, re- it made me think like, okay, when Abby said, Emily said, this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, was she just trying to play into it the same way that Mel played into it? Uh-huh. So, but then it's the skin. The skin is what gets me. The scabbing and all that. I'm like, mm. so for me, I'm going to say she, her body was decaying. And that was And that. when I was writing it, I was like, ooh, her body's decaying. I'm like, or it could psoriasis. be psoriasis. Not saying that psoriasis <laughs> looks like decaying flesh. No, it absolutely does not. But if you're possessed, you can be like, oh, she's scabbing. It's decaying. You know, she's the one who's like twisting it to fit her narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Thanks. Good job, Amiga. Good job. Pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> That's me oh. patting her. Oh, thank you. My shoulders actually really hurt. Cause I worked out my shoulders yesterday. Yeah. Oh, Cause I did shoulder. I did. Cause I usually do um, push pull legs. And I did push yesterday, so I did, like, shoulders, triceps, and, like, chest. And so I'm just, like, anytime I move, I'm, like, ouchie. But I, I saw if- a post where some people get, like, Botox in their traps. Have you seen that? No. So I saw it, and somebody made a, a video saying that it's probably the best thing they've ever done because it removed so much stress that huh. they had in their shoulders i was like huh, huh. and i saw I people look into that like yes that, yeah it made me think of you um i, I carry my pe- stress in my shoulders and people were saying like um yeah i've got it done and it really does feel like i gotta weight lift it off my shoulders and i sleep better and it just seems like it's a lot of positive things so i saw look into that worth looking into yeah were you looking at my chest at all at your chest? I was actually looking at right here. I like how it's looking. You're looking real swell there, girl. Thank you. I like my shoulders. I think my shoulders are coming along just nicely. Yeah. I don't really have shoulders. But yeah, look, I, I can move my, what are they, lats? No, trash? No, pecs. Pecs. I can move my pecs. <laughs> hey. I did see that, but I didn't know that was you moving your pecs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm flexing my pecs. Nice. Yeah, my goal is to be All like right. Terry Crews. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my god, I wonder if people like listening to this actually think I'm like swole or like fit. <laughs> you could be. I okay. could be. You could be. Hey, I'm fat but fit. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Like I could be fit. Oh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Jasmine's gonna come visit me for like a week, week and a half. Yeah. We're gonna be We're so reunited. Excited. Uh, Feels so good. 
So yeah, <laughs> we'll be together soon. Woohoo! Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, that, alrighty. That was our episode on Ouija's. It was just like a brief yeah. little history and then scary stories. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Those were some good stories. Give props to Alex because hers was actually, not actually, that makes it seem like I'm surprised. Um, <laughs> hers was really good. So give her some props on that. Minus but- the cringe part. I tried. I tried my hand at smut <laughs> and I just, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. It's okay. Nice tray for effort. <laughs> but as always, if you guys have any comments, suggestions, anything you want us to talk about, feel free to let us know. You can send us an email at spookystateofmind at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at spookystateofmind. Yeah. We'll be waiting. Until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.